We're here to uh, present a project that is just getting started, uh, getting off uh, its feet, and get your input uh, before this project gets too far along. We're here to explain, inform, hopefully inspire you to give us your input and your, your ideas for the future of this project, as uh, Madam Vice Mayor uh, alluded to. Um, my name is Vlad Gavrilovic. I'm a principal with Renaissance Planning Group in Charlottesville, Virginia. I also have Jackie Garrett here from Renaissance. Um, we are part of the consulting team that is working on this project. We'll introduce the, the firms a little more in a second. Um, but I also wanted to thank uh, Paula Shea of the city staff, there she is, who is the project manager. And a lot of the folks you see around here are city staff that will help get your input, uh, answer any questions you might have. The format here tonight is we're going to give about 25 minutes or so of explanatory presentation and tell you about the project and what we've uh, looked at so far. And then we want to devote the rest of the evening to having you all circulate around the room. Look, I'm going to go through some of the information fairly quickly on the screen, but um, it is all kind of on the posters around the room. And there's charts there and paper to register your input, give us your ideas, and, and answer any questions you might have. I would ask you to hold your questions uh, uh, from the floor so that we can have as much time. There's people that can answer all your questions at these stations, at these four stations around. Um, so let me um, get into kind of the what and why and, and who of this project. Um, what we want to do is, is talk about what's this project, where does it come from, why are we doing it, uh, do a little bit of discussion as we're kind of getting off the ground floor and what we might call this area and this project for the future, uh, show you the results of our analysis and what we found out, and then talk about where do we go from here. As I mentioned, this is still fairly early in the project and it's especially important to get your input before uh, we get too far along. But we will be coming back at various stages in the pro project and, and uh, really appreciate your time and hope you will come out as we proceed and, and continue to give us your input uh, of where we're heading. Um, starting with what is this project, uh, as you see this is the military circle, military highway area, Poplar Hall Drive. I believe we're actually here tonight. Um, and this is uh, kind of the nucleus of the project, but it's a lot more, thank you, than just the uh, actual mall itself, uh, although certainly that is a prominent part of it. Um, this project is funded by a grant from the state, from the Virginia Office of Intermodal Planning and Investment uh, that the city of Norfolk applied for. It is not, there are no city funds expended, uh, but the grant is to pay for technical assistance, which is basically the consulting team that is, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Ultimately taxpayers, but. Um, this is a state program uh, called the Urban Development Areas Program, which under state code is areas that are designated as growth areas in a locality's comprehensive plan, and they're places for traditional neighborhood design. And what is that in a nutshell? That is kind of the way things used to be designed that were more walkable, that were more accessible, that had a mixture of uses. Uh, you could go out and, and walk out of your your uh, townhouse or your condo or your apartment and, and have a cup of coffee and listen to music and, and uh, go shopping and all those types of things within a kind of walkable setting. 
um, and a lot of travel choices. So, you know, walking and biking and, and taking uh, light rail and things like that, not just driving. More importantly, though, this is an opportunity for the city to develop a vision for the future of this area. Uh, this is a 12-month process. Basically, we are uh, in the early stages. We were here in July with a consultant team. We talked to city staff, city officials, uh, planning commission, an advisory committee, as well as uh, civic leagues and other uh, representatives from the area, business and residential. Uh, we are now, we've completed our site assessment, our site analysis. That's what we'll present the findings of tonight. And then we'll come back in December uh, to look at alternatives based on your input here tonight. We'll come back to you all in uh, February or so and present a draft vision, get your input on that, and by spring or, or early summer have kind of a final plan and implementation. I want to introduce our team a little more. As I said, this is a collaboration of two firms, Renaissance Planning and Michael Baker. Renaissance Planning is a multidisciplinary firm, uh, planners, designers, architects, landscape architects. Uh, we know Norfolk well. We're working with the city on the new zoning project. I've been coming here for 30 years. Uh, my wife is from the Norfolk area. Uh, but also, I have uh, worked around the Mid-Atlantic and in Virginia for the past 30 years on community planning and design projects, much like this. Um, Michael Baker is a much larger firm of about 5,000 architects, engineers. They have an extensive public and private development experience. Uh, you'll see more of them as we get into the design phases. But they also, you may know them locally, they have done the uh, Harbor Park Amtrak Station. Uh, and also, we'll, we'll talk a little bit. We're kind of specialists in the transit-oriented development, which we'll talk about what that is. Um, a little bit on why are we doing this and kind of the, the big picture goals to date for this plan. Uh, we're doing this. Obviously, there are some uh, issues, some areas that need to be revitalized. Uh, there's some vacant retail uh, and some areas that just are struggling uh, from a market standpoint. But from a larger perspective, there's also some bigger picture issues that we need to look at anytime we plan. And these big changing trends uh, in Norfolk and in the nation as a whole. And I want to talk about three, population, economy, and the environment. Uh, starting with population, the population, obviously Virginia is growing in population. Uh, in about 25 years, we're projected to be 10 and a half million. That's a significantly higher growth rate than the nation as a whole. Um, when you look at the dynamics of that population, and particularly in the city of Norfolk, uh, there's some demographic shifts going on with the way the population is aging. Uh, they're projected to be in about 20 years, uh, more people in their mid-30s to mid-50s and 75 and older uh, in the Norfolk future, and correspondingly less 20-somethings. Uh, so these are projections of what population change might be in the city. Um, also, the workforce, another aspect of that population dynamics is the workforce is changing. Uh, the group that was typically called the millennials, the uh, folks aged 20 to 35, are becoming the dominant part of the workforce. They'll be 75% of the workforce in about 10 years. Uh, and they are kind of a key to future economic vitality because they are the workforce. Um, You'll see that Norfolk is one of the areas in Virginia that has the, is projected to have the highest concentration of this age demographic. So these two groups, these two factors, the aging of the population, this uh, workforce uh, millennial growth, 
uh, add up to some things in terms of preferences for lifestyles and where to live. Uh, when surveyed, 81% of millennials, 77% of active baby boomers said that transportation alternatives to the car are at least somewhat important when deciding where to live and work. Uh, that is an important trend and a growing trend that alternatives to driving uh, become a big factor in locational decisions, particularly for these two groups that are going to be and already are kind of dominating the population pyramid. And what this adds up to is uh, these walkable, mixed-use type of places that talked about traditional neighborhood design. Uh, and a lot of places are designing and building, a lot of cities and communities, for what's called a five-minute walkable center. As I mentioned, an area where you can go out of your house and, and have basic conveniences, entertainment, shopping, things like that, without having to get in your car. You still have the option of uh, getting in your car for destination areas, but that is really a uh, kind of prime mover in economic development for a lot of cities um, throughout the country. Now, when you talk about this walkable center and alternatives to the car as being what people uh, are looking for in the future, uh, it's important to recognize the uh, transportation potential for this area. So the city right now is looking at two potential alignments for light rail extension to the naval base the western alignment and the eastern alignment. The city has not yet decided which one, but the eastern alignment would go straight through this project area here, military circle, military highway. So it's important to plan uh, for the potential, at least, for this transit extension. And as we look at transit-oriented development um, as this kind of uh, new horizon for a lot of planning and design and economic development work, it's oriented to a public transit facility. It has a mixture of land uses. In order to create a market for transit, it has to be relatively compact and dense so you can have that market to support the transit. Uh, and we're, when we say transit, we're talking about not just bus transit, but we're talking about high capacity, premium transit, light rail, uh, metro, that type of uh, transit. And it ultimately is pedestrian and bicycle friendly. You already have this in Norfolk uh, downtown with the tide stations like MacArthur Square. Uh, you have it in Virginia Beach, even though the transit has not come out there yet, but in town center you have that type of compact, dense, walkable uh, community that will get even livelier when light rail comes out there. And you have it in places like Alexandria in Northern Virginia that for decades have kind of reaped the benefit of having transit there, having this uh, metro station and the type of development that has gone on around it. And some of the benefits we'll talk about are economic development, uh, livability, and these travel choices that, that come with transit-oriented development. And one, there's been a lot of research on, on this type of development. One of the findings is even just rezoning for TOD has shown an annualized increase of property uh, values from 36 to 143 percent. Um, and you've seen some of that in the city, uh, I know, with the development around the light rail. Uh, so those are some of the changes. I also want to talk about changing in the environment. Um, you may be aware that Norfolk is the second most vulnerable city to sea level rise next to New Orleans. Uh, the city needs to protect the areas that are vulnerable uh, to recurrent flooding, but also as it looks to investments in the future, it needs to ensure that those investments are protected, particularly long-term stable investments like transit and development around transit. Um, and part of this is something called smart growth, which are practices that 
our smart development that has long-term protection and viability and also saves money in the long run. And we'll talk about that. Uh, but this map kind of shows what we're talking about. This is just a map of land elevation in this area. And the, the colored areas here are kind of low uh, areas close to sea level. The, the lighter colored areas are areas that are higher ground. But you can see there's this spine of high ground that kind of lines up with that potential eastern alignment of the transit line. And this project is uh, located generally on the high ground. And that's an important consideration. Again, when you're doing long-term investments, you want to ensure that they're not going to be underwater literally or figuratively uh, in the future. And then smart growth, that idea of just kind of uh, designing more smartly in concert with the environment. Um, in general, these practices can add up to less time in the car, less pollution, less dependence on fossil fuels, less land consumed for development. Uh, and they tend to be a catalyst for revitalization. They tend to be a magnet for uh, good development and, and increased property revenue per acre, as well as more physical activity and security. Uh, in an area due to more kind of activity and life on the streets. Now, what have we heard so far? As I mentioned, we, um, the city has established an advisory committee and the vice mayor and, and chair of the planning commission are on there, as well as different uh, representatives from residents and business interests. Uh, we talked to them, we've talked one-on-one -on -one with developers and business interests and residents in the area and civic leagues, uh, we talked to staff departments. These are just some of the words that came out of our notes that we took in July, recurring themes and issues. Uh, but we want to work on the goals particularly tonight. Um, so these are the goals that have emerged so far from our interviews and discussions. And we have a board here where we want to get your input on these goals and say, which are most important to you and what are we missing? Uh, we heard goals about this process, this 12-month plan, planning process, such as be transparent, don't do things behind closed doors, be inclusive, include all folks who might be, have an interest and stake in this area, be sustainable, plan for the long term, and don't sit on a shelf, have a plan that gets implemented and turned into action. And then we also heard goals for the project that might be decades in the future, but make sure that this area is revitalized. Uh, connect it and unify it. Have better transportation connections at, for all travel modes. Increase the safety and security. Attract and revitalize economic development and build for resilience. Again, a long-term stable investment in the future. And when you look at the area, uh, yesterday and today, military circle area yesterday and today, um, obviously right after the war, um, you had the residential areas of Glen Rock and Poplar Hall, but you had farmland or vacant land where the mall is now. And the big changes that have happened in the past few decades, in addition to the mall, of course, are the I-264-64 interchange, um, the fact that it cut the Glen Rock neighborhood in half, that it uh, created fill in these formerly tidal areas and created obviously challenges in, in uh, connecting within that area while bringing a, a great kind of accessibility to the area from a regional standpoint. And more importantly for tonight is uh, what can military circle area be tomorrow? Uh, could it be an area with these kind of travel options and, and have kind of light rail down down the road, more amenities, a mixture of uses, and complete streets, streets that are safe and accessible for all users in all travel modes and more revitalized and, and uh, lively on the ground floor. You know, Granby Street, the way it was and the way it's coming back. Could we have that kind of environment in this military circle, military highway area? Uh, and most importantly, too, 
the mall is definitely a need to look at how that can be revitalized. But this project is about a lot more than just Military Circle Mall. This is, when you look long term, uh, building a whole sense of community in this area. You know, the mall may be a linchpin and a catalyst, uh, but we want to look at uh, the whole area and think long term and plan for its future. So we're going to ask you to think beyond the mall. I'm sorry, we'll, we'll have questions uh, after this. Uh, we'll have plenty of time to answer all these, but let me just get through this kind of background information in the interest of everyone's time. Uh, just take a couple of minutes on what do we call this. I talked about um, military circle, military highway, urban development area doesn't roll off the tongue. So um, what do we call this? You know, the brand of an area is very important, the brand of a place. It helps you attract economic development. It helps you attract residents to the area. These are some famous uh, brands, including, uh, you know, Norfolk's that that uh, include logos and names. And we've done very uh, initial work just to throw some ideas on the table, um, both for the process, this 12-month process, things like uh, Crossroads to the Future, Future Vision, Forging a Place, and ideas ultimately for the area in the future. Uh, you know, coming up with names like Uptown Norfolk or Military Highlands or Norfolk Rising. These may not be uh, great ideas, but what we want to do is start your creative juices and we have a board there <laughs> that you can tell us this won't work. How about this? Um, so think about that. And it's really central to thinking of this as more than the mall. Thinking of it as a community in the future. So. Okay, uh, a little bit on our analysis and our findings to date. Uh, we looked at existing plans and policies. The city has uh, obviously its comprehensive plan, Norfolk 2030. There's a plan for a military highway area. There's a transit plan and there's an urban land institute study. Um, and what we found was that there's a lot of call for revitalization, particularly the military highway corridor. There aren't really impediments to uh, creating a vision for this area. And if you look at current zoning and current planning uh, that the city has done, there's a, there's a need for revitalization, but there's kind of an uh, open-mindedness, really, about what this area should become uh, from the city standpoint. Um, and then we toured the area extensively in, in uh, bus, car, walking. Um, obviously some of the challenges in the area, the hotel that's vacant, the uh, portions of the mall that are vacant, the, the kind of underused uh, retail in the area, and especially the difficulty of uh, getting across some of these very wide highways if you're not in a car, uh, and some of the challenges, but also some of the opportunities, the very nice residential areas such as Poplar Hall and, and Glen Rock and the, the walkability you have in those areas. Um, and then we looked at transportation issues in particular. That's a big factor here. So one of the things we observed was if you look at this area in a regional context uh, and you put, you know, Greenbrier and Town Center and, and downtown and some of these areas, you know, this area started, the mall started in particular because this used to be the crossroads of these big regional highways, Virginia Beach Boulevard and Military Highway. That's the reason, in a sense, for that market for the mall. Then uh, 264, I-64 came, it became the crossroads of the interstates and gave access to an even wider area. Um, and then with the future of transit, you know, the, with the light rail extension to Virginia Beach, uh, the potential for an alignment here to the naval base, and even the potential for another line down south into Chesapeake, this area could potentially be 
the crossroads of transit in the future. So you've got these generations, these ways of transportation improvements that create value, create a market, and create a destination uh, right around the area of the site that are important to recognize. And then transportation issues in the area. It has great light rail access nearby um, on Curlew Drive, has great bus access, but, and it has good bike pet access, as I mentioned, in the neighborhoods, but really poor bike pet access, even to the point of real safety issues and concerns uh, on some of these big roads. Um, we looked at the, uh, what's called a walk shed for transit-oriented development. So here's the current light rail station. This is the intersection of the two uh, big highways. Research has shown that people walk five to ten minutes from a transit station, typically for the daily needs, and that becomes your area where you have your highest concentration of uses and amenities. Uh, and your mixture of uses. We looked at sidewalks, uh, the brown areas, pretty much uh, the residential areas are the only ones with sidewalks. There's definite barriers to access between the neighborhoods. And then we looked at the uh, actual transportation capacity of Military Highway and Virginia Beach Boulevard. Uh, you can see up above a table that show, whoops, shows that there's potential at least excess capacity uh, for traffic on both Military Highway and Virginia Beach Boulevard. You need to recognize, though, that you still have congestion on those roads because of the driveways and the curb cuts and the access issues. But at least as far as the number of lanes, there's a potential uh, excess capacity and maybe consideration for what's called a road diet, uh, reducing the number of lanes to allow for landscape medians or transit or bike lanes or, or wider sidewalks. Uh, we're going to take a hard look at that in the next phase of this project. Uh, some areas that have done this kind of road diet, this is uh, a freeway in San Francisco that was uh, turned into a walkable boulevard with uh, separation of uh, kind of through traffic and local traffic and parking and landscaping. This is a proposal for the light rail extension to Virginia Beach uh, on Laskin Road that shows how you could accommodate these very wide uh, highways and still have light rail. In this case, it's in a green strip along the side, have crosswalks and, and kind of tame the traffic in the area. And then we also looked at these uh, other issues, uh, paved areas, tree canopy, property ownership. We did three-dimensional views of buildings. I won't go into those, but those are some of the posters that you'll see around the room. But I do want to talk before we're done about the market. And we did do a market analysis kind of looking at this area in the context of the region. We looked at uh, three kind of areas, the seven-minute drive time of the local neighborhood, 15-minute drive time of the primary trade area, and 30-minute drive time of the regional trade area. Bottom line, you can get to a lot of the region in a very short area. It's, it's extremely well located as a destination. Uh, a little more on population, long-term population employment trends. The region as a whole in 20 years is expecting to see 145,000 new people, 172,000 new jobs. Um, these types of population projections that you see on the right that show uh, Norfolk having uh, fairly little or no growth in population and, and um, uh, some growth in, in employment uh, should be taken with a note of caution because population projections are notorious for looking at the past more than the future. Uh, the staff has indicated that there's approximately 500 to 1,000 annual net housing growth recently. So uh, taking away those that leave, there's 500 to 1,000 per year that are coming in. Uh, so there's a strong market and we look a little more at the housing market in particular. 
The other thing we found interesting was the income trends. Uh, this is projections for income in the next uh, 20 years or so. Um, there's a projected to be an increase in the highest income group, the 100,000 plus, um, both in Norfolk and even more so in this trade area, this uh, drive time area around, around here. And the combined market area, households earning over $75,000 per year are forecasted to go from 36% to 53% of the total. So there's a forecast for the area getting uh, generally more affluent. Um, you know, the, the summary uh, uh, trends, uh, slight population decrease, slight po employment increase, really, again, I said need to be taken with a grain of salt. The bottom line is the, the area, the region as a whole is growing. There's a lot of uh, growth seen recently in Norfolk, uh, and it, the housing market in particular seems um, uh, strong. The area is becoming more affluent, uh, growth in families at higher incomes, and uh, essentially higher income millennials and families are replacing gradually lower income families in the area, as well as a net increase in retirees across most income groups. So these are projections again. Uh, we also looked at the market types, the types of land uses. What's the market for retail, office, and housing? Uh, retail is shrinking nationally. There's less needs for retail in general due to internet shopping, thing, trends like that. Um, the market is strong in the area, but it's also very competitive. Um, we suggest, as a result of our analysis, more retail only in the strongest areas, and a lot of the retail that is vacant now, maybe there won't be a market for it filling up in the future, but maybe it should be repurposed to other types of uses. Um, office, similarly shrinking nationally, less square foot per employee needed. Uh, downtown, obviously, is your major office location. There's not a major market, although some modest uh, potential for medical office. Housing, on the other hand, Norfolk is actually doing better than the region as a whole. Um, it has rebounded uh, better from the recession than the other cities in the area. There's a strong demand, particularly for multifamily, but also single family in Norfolk. So we projected these into an annual, something called the demand capture, basically what the market might bear if we did nothing else in the area. Um, and it shows very small increments of retail, um, relatively modest of office, but up to 140 units of residential per year. Now keep in mind, this is without transit, without any reinvestment, without any kind of catalyst in the area. So even without that, there is a, a definite market in the area. Okay, so appreciate your patience just to close with some uh, where do we go from here points. Um, one of the things we want to emphasize, this is going to be a phased approach. This is not going to be, a, a transformation in this area is not going to happen overnight. We're going to show you a plan that has 10, 20, 30, 40 year type phasing, showing a combination of public and private improvements and investments that work in concert and in each phase kind of build towards this vision. So something to think of long term. And this is just uh, not Norfolk or anywhere, this is typically how we would show phase development over time with these uh, photo series. And the other important point to remember is that whether or not transit comes here, transit-oriented development as a type of planning is, uh, has the same characteristics as a successful community planning. So economic development, livable communities, these choices in travel, it's the right way to plan, it's a smart way to plan for the future for any type of community, uh, whether or not transit comes. 
And I just want to uh, emphasize that uh, the long-term nature of this and the fact that, uh, you know, if we can revive them all, it's not just, um, you know, that's not total success. Uh, it's going to be a series more of base hits than a single home run. So there's a series of catalysts that need to happen over time in order for the area as a whole to have this transformative change in the decades to come.